my beloved brothers and sisters, praises be to our loving Yahuwah Abba, that we are gathered once again to study his holy words. In our previous lessons, we have learned that for us to be spiritually discerning, we have to see our faults first. And we must see the opportunities wherein we can find and we can improve ourselves as we are the temple of our Yahuwah. That's why Yahusha continues to teach us on how we can properly evaluate things. And this includes choosing a religion. However, there are people today believe that they are the only way to salvation. And they believe that they are the only true believers and the rest are false. But by far, they are the hardest people to be reached with the true words of God. We have to understand, brothers and sisters, that the religion is our best attempt to get to Yahuwah because Bible compares it with a relationship. It is our relationship to Yahuwah that saves us and we can only find them in our King Yahusha. What did our King Yahusha taught us when choosing our religion? And what is it that we need to consider? Let's start reading from the book of Matthew, chapter 7, the verse is 15. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. What should we consider in choosing a religion? We have to look for those who teach the true words of God. What was the warning of our King Yahusha? He says, watch out for those false prophets. Do you know who was the prominent example of this in the time of our King Yahusha? They are the religious leaders of Israel. In other words, they are no ordinary people that believe and depend on their label. And they think that they have the special status with God. So they feel so dominant. What makes these false prophets dangerous? The Bible says they come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Meaning to say, these false prophets will also use the Bible and they will claim to be the true preachers in our time. How more dangerous is it? We know that more and more preachers are coming out there. But the irony of it, no one will say that they are false. So that's why we have to be very careful in evaluating them. Because what we see externally can never identify a true preacher, but only through their inner being. How can we now recognize these false prophets? We read a while ago was verse 15. Let's continue reading 16 down to 20. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. 
every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. How can we recognize the false prophets? The Bible says, by their fruit, you will recognize them. You know, during the time of our King Yahushua, grapes and figs were common in their diet. Then people recognized early on that those little berries on thorn bushes are not grapes on grapevines. And those flowers on thistles are different from the petals on a fig tree. So in parallel to this, people may appear impressive at the first glance. They may look so religious and holy. However, time will reveal the character of that person. So we have to know how those preachers live their life. Are they following what they preach? Or do they have a godly character? Or are those following their teaching are people of good reputation? And do they fit what is known from the scriptures? This is why when we practice spiritual discernment, it is very important that we know the character of the one preaching. How else can we determine a false prophet? Let's read 1 John chapter 4, the verse is 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. How else can we determine false prophets? It is by testing the spirit of their message. How can we test their message? We have to com compare everything they say and what the Bible actually teaches. So who do you think can be easily deceived by these false prophets? They are those passive listeners that only accept and believe everything that they receive without even consulting the scriptures. Because oftentimes these false prophets convey messages that is different from the actual thought of the message. This is why we need to examine it very carefully. I remember before someone has told us that we should not read the Bible on our own because we might be led into wrong ideas. Is it true, brothers and sisters? No, because we know now that we have this Holy Spirit that will lead us to know the truth. So let's make it a habit to always study the words of God. Why is it very important? Because Yahusha doesn't want us to be spoon-fed believers. Those being spoon-fed are only children because they still need the guidance so that in future they can stand on their own. So if the preacher does not encourage their people to be matured enough to examine the message, but instead they intimidate them 
when they are being asked, then surely they are false prophets who are the examples of false prophets in the Bible. Let's read from the book of Matthew 23, verse 1 to 5. Then Yahushua said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example, for they don't practice what they preach. They crush people with impossible religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. Everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra wide prayer boxes with scriptures verses inside, and they wear robes with extra long tassels. Why, who are the example of false prophets? Again, the Pharisees. Why are they false prophets? The Bible says they preach impossible religious demand that was never required by Yahuwah our God. Why it says impossible religious demand? Because these Pharisees have created massive complicated religious rules added to the law of Moses. And gradually it's been equal to the law itself. So after they have created those rules, what do you think? They instructed their followers. They told them that they have to keep those rules because it is pleasing to God. Can you imagine that, brothers and sisters? They even mentioned God in their work of wickedness just to show the people that it is God inspired. What are the examples of this in our time? These are the preachers who keep on reminding their people to give offering. And they will say, for this, God will be pleased. Question, is it good to give offering? Yes, of course. But if we demand and pressure the people to give offering and we started distributing envelopes to the people, then it is not good anymore. <laughs> what else? They will ask their people to have new converts within a certain period of time. And again, they will say, God will be pleased. Question again, is it good to share our faith? Absolutely. However, we are not to pressure the people to have converts because our part is only to share the words and not to call the people. Why else, Pharisees? considered false prophets. The Bible says they don't practice what they preach. Just like when the preacher tells their people to love their parents and enemies. But what happened after they have preached? They forgot everything they've said. And their behavior does not match their belief. So what then? We can conclude in their purpose of their preaching. It's only for the show and merely doing lip service. Now, how can we recognize 
a true picture of the words of God. Let's read from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 3, the verse is 15. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart, who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. How can we recognize the true proclaimers? The verse says, they feed you with knowledge and understanding. What kind of knowledge and understanding? This is the knowledge and understanding of the words of God. This is when we experience the effect of his words in our spiritual growth. In other words, we don't feel stagnant with limited knowledge and not interested to learn more about Yahuwah, his son, his work of salvation, and many more. And we know that the Bible is one continuous story of Yahuwah's work. That's why up to this time, we are so delighted to know and to learn new knowledge and revelation from him. So therefore, it is not true that we cannot preach anything that has never been taught by any former religious leaders, so long as we test every message. What happened when we test the message of true proclaimers? It is like the food that satisfies us, and it even makes us to crave for some more. We can liken this also to watching our favorite movie series. After we have finished the first one, we are already excited to see the next episode. Unlike to watching those classical movies that somehow we can predict what's gonna be the ending. What else we can experience when we test the message of the true proclaimers? We will be able to say to ourselves, Aha, I got it. Because we can connect the dots in Yahuwah's work. And we can see everything gets clearer and clearer ahead. So it's very important to always ask ourselves, are our souls being fed with a message? Or are we being edified with the knowledge and understanding of the words of Yahuwah Abba? How else can we recognize the difference between a true and a false proclaimer of the words of God? Still in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 9, verses 23 to 24. This is what Yahuwah says. Don't let the wise boast in their wisdom or the powerful boast in their power or the rich boast in their riches. But those who wish to boast should boast in this alone, that they truly know me and understand that I am Yahuwah, who demonstrates unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the earth, and that I delight in these things. I, Yahuwah, have spoken. How else can we recognize the difference between the true and false preachers? The Bible says, a preacher or religion who boasts of their wisdom, the power and riches are not from God. So we have to be watchful of this religion who boasts of their accomplishments. But sadly, there are those who don't just boast their accomplishments, 
but they also boast the name of the leaders for their accomplishments, which only proves that they are not of God. Why earthly success does not prove that they are of God? It is because the devil can provide all of those things. And as a matter of fact, the devil has deceived the whole world. They can offer the glory and riches of this world. And they even offer that to our King Yahusha. This is why early success is not what reveals the true religion, but rather it endangers our relationship to our Yahuwah, our God. What now reveals the true religion? It is the opposite. They will not boast their accomplishment, but rather they will impose the value of humility. And most importantly, they will boast that they know and understand Yahuwah. What do they know about him? His precious name and the meaning of his name that demonstrates his unfailing love and who brings justice and righteousness to the whole world. Our lesson will be continued by our brother. So beloved uh, brethren, in the first half of our lesson, we have learned that in choosing a religion, we shall encounter many false prophets. The false prophets, of course, will come with sheep's clothing. In other words, they will proclaim themselves as of God. But what else can be used to recognize if they are false or not? Their fruits. So we have to test or examine their fruits, how they, how they live their life. What else? We have to test the message that they are conveying to their members. Is it in accordance to the will of God written in the Holy Scriptures? So what else, beloved brethren? We need to find out what they boast of. If they boast of their wisdom, their accomplishments, then we know that they are not the true religion. So what else, beloved brethren, cannot be used as a basis in identifying the true religion? Let us start reading in Matthew 7, 13 to 14. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. So what else, beloved brethren, should not be used? in identifying the true religion, the number of followers that the religion has converted. 
So why must we not use that as a basis? Because our Lord Yahusha said, wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. So in other words, you know, that door or gate is very wide. I could imagine something like this. If you try to enter that gate with your friends, you can stretch out your hands, hold your hands together, and you can enter that gate at the same time. So, and it would be like, maybe like a Disneyland or an amusement park inviting people to come in. But our Lord Yahusha warned, that leads to destruction. The gate that leads to life is very narrow. So it is difficult to enter. So very few will be able to find it. So in other words, we should not follow the majority when we want to know who will be saved. What is the true religion? Some people would say, you know, there is safety in numbers. In effect, what they're saying is, if you are with the majority, you are safe. But unfortunately, it does not apply to choosing a religion. We must know if that religion is really true based on the commandments of God written in the Holy Scriptures. So some religions, you know, would use their social program to attract people. Oh, we have monthly meetings, parties of, uh, you know, the non-married members. We have also another organization for the married members and we have monthly parties where you can sing, you can dance, and we prepare programs to pay tribute to our spiritual leader. If you encounter such a religion, run away from it as quickly as you can. So what you, we should do is we should try to find that narrow gate which leads to life. Why are there only a few who find the way that leads to salvation. Let us read the answer of the Holy Scriptures in Luke 13, 22 to 24. Then Yahusha went through the towns and villages, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, are only a few people going to be saved? He said to them, make every effort to enter to enter through the narrow door because many i will tell you will try to enter and will not be able to so beloved brethren why are there only a few who find a way that leads to salvation because our lord jehusha said it will be difficult and it will require a lot of effort. In fact, our Lord Yehusha warned those 
who are going to follow him, who are going to take the path that he wants us to take. What did he say? He said, the servant is not greater than his master. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. So beloved brethren, why is it that not too many people will be able to enter the narrow door? Because they will encounter persecutions along the way. And also beloved brethren, we in the assembly of Yahushua, we obey our Lord Yahushua. He is our spiritual leader. We take directions from him. So he sends the Holy Spirit to send us his message as to what we should do. But a lot of people cannot relate to this. They cannot relate to the fact that our Lord Yahushua is in heaven. So they say, we need somebody to tell us. That's why they put among themselves spiritual leaders who will tell them what to do. So that is what is convenient for them. So if there is a religious leader that tells you, oh, this is what you should do in order to be saved. Keep away from them as far as possible. So what must be included in one's effort to find a way or enter the narrow door? Let us read the answer of the Holy Scriptures in Jeremiah 6, 16. This is what Yahuwah says, stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. But you said, we will not walk in it. So beloved brethren, what must be included in one's effort to find a way or enter the narrow door? One must investigate and look. The Bible says, stand at the crossroads. So beloved brethren, what is a crossroad? It is a, it is a portion, a location where different roads crosses. So in other words, when you are at that point, you have a lot of choices. So the different roads passing through that point are the different religions. So our Lord Yahuwah said, stand at the crossroads, investigate, ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it. But a lot of people will say, I will not walk in it. Why? Because when you look at that crossroad, probably, you know, there will be like wide roads, paved, so it will be easy to travel through. But here it is, you know, that ancient path, 
it is it doesn't even look like a side street it may just be like a hiking trail you know very narrow rugged there are hills and valleys so in other words when you look when you walk through that path you will need endurance you will need to suffer to be able to go through that's why many will refuse to go through that path they prefer to walk through paved streets wide streets but unfortunately those wide streets will lead to destruction now who is the good way that we must walk in according to the holy scriptures in john 14 and the verses 6 this is what we can read yahusha answered i am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me so who is the good way that the bible teaches that we should walk in it is no other than our king yahusha so how can we walk in our lord yahusha by following him by having a thinking just like him by leading a life just like the way he lived this life so what else did our lord yahusha say in this verse so he's not only the way but he's also the truth so our lord yahusha represent the truth is spoken by god and that is what he is teaching us the truth and our lord yahusha beloved brethren is well qualified to teach the truth that he has heard from god why because he has committed no sin nor was deceit found in his mouth beloved brethren can you find a religious leader here on earth that has not committed any sin and who has not spoken out of deceit nobody nobody will clarify so beloved brethren our lord yahushua is also the light because if we follow him it will lead to everlasting life so if religion is returning back to god or binding people back to god then our lord yahushua is the one and only true religion why because he is the only way to the father so if we want to bind back people to god we want them to be able to return to god there's only way that they can pass through to be able to get to god and that is 
through our King Yahusha. So by following the religion of our King Yahusha, then we are assured of our salvation. Our Father, in his great love for us, gave up his one and only begotten Son, that through him we can find our way back to the Father and be saved. Now, who does the Father want to be saved? Let us read the answer of the Holy Scriptures in 1 Timothy 2 and the verses are 3 to 5. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ, Yahusha. So who does the Father want to be saved? According to the verse that we have read, it is good and pleases our God, our Savior, who wants all men. In other words, he wants all people, all of mankind to be saved. But how can people be saved? They have to come to the knowledge of the truth. So unless they accept the truth, they will not be saved. So beloved brethren, where can we find the truth? It is in the Holy Scriptures. They are the words of God written in the Holy Scriptures. But what do the Holy Scriptures reveal? It reveals our King Yahusha. So beloved brethren, Ever since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, our Lord Yahuwah decided to carry out a master plan to save mankind. Like in Genesis, he talks about the seed of the woman. And that seed of the woman is our Lord Yahusha who will be given to save mankind. He will die for mankind. And almost all of the Old Testament refers to the coming of our King Yahusha. Isaiah prophesied about him. So is there any other way by which we can reach God? The answer of the Holy Scriptures is there is only one mediator. There's only one way, and that is our King Yahusha. So if there are any religions today that teach another way or that our Lord Yahusha, Yahusha's work is not enough, it's not a true religion. So if a religious leader tells you 
you have to pass through me first. I will take care of your souls. I will bring you to our Lord Yahusha. It reminds me, you know, of uh, some of the people who work in, uh, you know, like government agencies, like the Bureau of Customs or maybe uh, the Internal Revenue Service or equivalent of that. What do they do? You, you go to them, you want something to be fixed, okay? You are applying for the approval of something. So they greet you, you know, when you enter the door, oh, I, I'm going to help you. But they are not really employees of that department to which you are going. They will say they will expedite it for you. So. Religious leaders are like this. Okay, I will expedite, you know, your entry, you know, to God. I will take care of that. So when you hear those messages from religious leaders, keep away from them as far as possible. They are not the true religion. So beloved brethren, we have identified what the true religion is and that is or we should have said who the true religion is and that is our king yahusha so how can we be saved through our king yahusha let us read the last verse in our study romans 10 the verses are 9 to 13. that if you confess with your mouth Yahusha is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of Yahuwah will be saved. How can we be saved through our King Yahusha? We have to proclaim it by using our mouth and our heart. So what must we confess with our mouth? We confess the name of Yahuwah as God and the name of Yahusha as Lord. And what must be the basis of our public confession? So when we declare publicly, Yahuwah is our God and Yahusha is our Lord and Savior. What must be the basis? Our heart. So in other words, there must be a coordination of what we proclaim, you know, through our mouth and through our heart. 
this reminds me on how a lie detector works. You have heard of a lie detector, right? So the one testing you, you know, you will be strapped, you know, to the lie detector machine, and then they will ask you questions. So you proclaim using your mouth, but you know, the uh, machine in effect monitors your heartbeat, your heart, your heart rate, okay? Whether your blood pressure goes up and down, okay? To find out if you are telling the truth or not. So in this particular case, you know, we need to proclaim both you know, with our mouth and our heart that we believe in our heart that God raised Yahushua from the dead. So beloved brethren, we haven't seen our Lord Yahushua. We haven't seen our Lord Yahuwah. Yet we believe in them. Yet we put our trust in them. Why? Because when we call on them through our prayers, when we humble ourselves and knock on the door of our Lord Yahuwah, he opens to us, allow us to feel his loving presence in our life, just like he is now allowing us to feel his presence in our worship service today. So we know and we trust in our Lord, Almighty God, Yahuwah, and our Savior, Yahushua. And what is the promise for those in, who trust in Yahuwah God and our Lord Yahushua? The scripture says, they will never be put to shame. They, they will never be ashamed on the day of judgment. On the day of judgment, when the names of people will be called one by one, those who will be saved, we shall not be put to shame. We shall be able to meet our Lord Yahushua face to face on the day of judgment. And the verse also tells us, everyone who calls on the name of Yahuwah will be saved. We indeed are very fortunate in the assembly of Yahushua. And we know we are in the true religion because among the many religions here on earth, not too many are teaching about the almighty name, the most powerful name of our Lord God, Yahuwah, who is the answer for all the needs of his children. So we can call on him and we shall be saved. And we can call on our Lord Yahushua, who will 
always be interceding in our behalf to bring all our supplications to the Father. So beloved brethren, let us be dedicated and faithful to our calling. Walk righteously, follow, emulate our Lord Yahushua in living a holy way of life, pleasing to the Father. Let us stand up and we're going to pray, beloved brethren. Our almighty and most loving Father, Yahuwah. Yes. You indeed are kind and merciful to your people. Today, O oh Father, you confirm our choice of religion. You have told us that we are in the true religion because we are in the body of your beloved and begotten Son, our Lord Yahushua, yes. our dear Father. We are so humbled by your graces, your mercy, your compassion, and your love for your people. Yes. Our dear God, truly, it is your love that all we need in this life. Yes. With your love, our dear Father, we can bear anything, any hardships, any persecutions that will come along our way because we know you are with us. Even if we die here on earth, oh, our Lord Yahuwah, on the day that you will send your begotten son, you will raise us back to life that we may be able to join you, to join our Lord Yahushua in the new heaven and the new earth that you are preparing for your people. But as we journey in this life, oh, our dear Father, yes. we still need many things. Yes. Lord God, our Father Almighty, your children who may be sick at this moment, yes. you are our Yahuwah Rebecca, yes. our great doctor, you can heal every one of us. Please do so, our dear Father. And please supply the needs of your children. Those who are having problems getting to meet, providing for their families. Open your blessings to your children, our dear Father, so that nothing shall be able to hinder us in giving honor and praises to your most holy name. Most of all, loving Abba, allow us to live a righteous way of life that we may love each other, forgiving one another. We may love even our enemies so that we shall be worthy of the salvation that you will grant us on the day you will send your begotten son. 
our Lord and Savior, Yahushua. Thank you, O oh, our dear Lord, our King, our Messiah, our true religion. You are the only way to the Father. Oh Lord Yahusha, thank you. Please take care of your people. Just like what was written in the Holy Scriptures, everyone given to you by the Father, you will not allow to be lost. Do not allow any one of us to be lost, our dear Lord Yahusha, but allow every one of us to walk righteously before you, to follow you, to emulate you, our dear Lord, to have your way of thinking, your way of life, so that on the day that you will come, we shall be able to see you face to face and be able to embrace you and to tell you that we love you too. Oh, our dear God in heaven, please continue to be by the side of your people. Yes. Do not leave your children. Yes. Be with us every moment of our life and allow us to finish our race. Everything we beg, Heavenly Father, together with the forgiveness of our sins, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.